Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up? Jay Lee, checking in, Rayway, South Carolina. Seth Crack, what's happening, brother? Get it off your chest. Hey, what's happening? I just came around to say what's up with y'all, man. I want to bless y'all. I want to do a quick little freestyle review next time with y'all. Oh, Lord. I swear if you wasn't from South Carolina, I would shut this down, but go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Check this out, though. My life feel the same way. Sometimes I feel like I wake up to the same day. Trying to make a living, man. I'm trying to make it out. I'm trying to make sure that my family do it so we ain't stressing out. So every day I hustle, yeah, I pray to God daily. Watch me in these streets and somebody will try to play me and watch over my ears. Oh, Some niggas really be snakes. So I keep my great colonies. Yo, 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 yo you, you got to slow that yo. down. You got to slow that yo. down, my South Carolina brethren. You're going too fast. Like, what you going, what's okay. up? Let you're rapping like your you. life depends on it. Who hung up on him? Drum, that's disrespectful, Drum. That was Drum. Drum, that's disrespectful. Don't hang up on my South Carolina brethren. I know they do this to me. Envy's back. This is all him now. Now yeah. you guys know. You yeah. said this is Envy's back and it's all him. Wow. wow. Shut up. Damn. You was like, Envy's back and it's all him. <laughs> wow. Goodness. You <laughs> God kinky, bro. damn. Jesus Christ. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Get it off your chest. Peace, Jessica. Well, what's up? What's up? Good morning, guys. So I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Eight four three. Yeah, all day, but I still got my nine one seven number. You heard? So <laughs> um, I'm an Uber driver. So I was on Folly Beach, and my um, phone plays music automatically. Like I play a playlist, so there's no commercials. I like to make it feel comfortable. No, no offense, but four Caucasian people got into my car, and I had to take them 28 minutes away. It was cool. We were driving. Rock them played. Trap music done played. Fall Out Boy done played. I had a range of music, Lady Gaga. And as soon as Beyonce, Brown Skin Girl came on, the lady in the back, I heard them whispering amongst themselves, like, who gonna say it? Finally, somebody was brave enough to come up and say it. They was like, excuse me, could you turn that song off? It's offending me. And I was like, what? That song offending you? And she said, well, it's all about, like, black girls. I'm not black. I don't relate to that. I was like, so something that oh, celebrating my skin is offending you? So what did I do? I started a whole playlist off that dog on There song, you go. And she got all the black power music for all 28 music. Now, 28 wait a minute. All Let's, the way for her destination. Everybody step back from this situation <laughs> and look at it objectively. Oh, boy. You're an Uber driver. Correct. And when you're an yeah. Uber driver, you're playing music because you want people to feel comfortable. comfortable. Correct. They don't feel comfortable right. about the song. You don't got to get offended by it. She but can't relate. She's a pale-ass mayonnaise-flavored mammal. Yeah, but it's not that type of song. It's, it's not like saying, you know, F white people. F, it's not yeah, that type of song. she's just upset that she don't have that tan. That's all. Well, she goes to I'm just mad that all this trap music played. We don't heard drug dealer music. We don't heard WAP. We don't heard everything. You didn't get offended by nothing. Because she knows drug dealers. And, in my skin. She, she knows drug dealers <laughs> and she uses drugs. She might have, she got, she might, WAP might mean white ass <laughs> to her. Okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, she just can't relate to the brown skin girl. She's what a kind of rating she can't get did no you tan. give her? What kind of rating did you give her? Oh no! I, I, listen, I gave her the same rating I usually give everybody else because she didn't rate me no less because okay. she knew she felt stupid oh. after she said it. 
All right, well, thank you. Because, mind you, if you heard the music that I was playing around, I was playing Corn, Fall Out Boy. I was playing all this other stuff in rotation. If anybody knows what that music is, you would know that it was diverse. So and, get off yourself. And I think you missed a good opportunity to teach, too, though, because you could have just told her, like, look, this is an ode to, 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 to melanin. All right, That's well, all. Hello, who's this? Hey, how's it going? It's Fernando. Good morning. Good What's morning, up, man? Fernando? Get it off your chest. Yes, sir. How's it going? Uh, I got a quick question for Charlamagne, man. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if somebody ever asked you this, but who's your top three donkeys of all time? And will you ever consider consider giving donkey, a donkey hall of fame? Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the year, we do a top five donkeys of the year. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you, top donkeys of all time, Donald Trump is definitely in the top three. I mean, I, I've given it to him more than anybody. And um, I'm going to always put myself in the top three because I always say, you know, when you give people the credit, you got to give everybody the credit they deserve for being stupid, including yourself. I don't know who the third one would be, though. <laughs> sounds fair, sounds fair. Yeah. Man. Y'all want to clue Braun for the Breakfast Club? Thank you, King. Thank you, brother. All right, have a good one. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, get it off your chest. Hey, what's going on, Envy? What's up, Charlamagne? What's up, you? Jeremy. Peace, King. Yo, this is crazy because I never get through. Um, I just want to shout out, um, you know, um, Biden and Kamala for winning. I want to shout out my roommate, Eddie. And I just want to tell everyone, have a nice day. Um, and I I got your book, Charlamagne. I got the audio version of Black Privilege. And then I have the Thank you, brother. copy of the other one, man. Um, you guys are doing a great Thank job, you, man. And I hope you guys all have a nice day. You right, too, Thank Jeremy. You, you too. Shout, out, shout out to your roommate, Eddie, too, man. Oh, he's going to love that. Uh, Were y'all in college like together? Nah, we, um, we're, tw- I'm 28, he's 29, I'm an accountant, he's an inside salesman. Okay. Okay. Y'all in love? Nah, 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 I got <laughs> This is roommates. Two other roommates. Oh, two other roommates, okay. I'm just asking. Share a place <laughs> and not are, be in love. Bro, I'm just asking questions, that's all. You he was trying to, he was trying to bunk up with you guys, that's the reason why. He was trying to bunk up with you. No, I wasn't. I was just asking questions. They definitely I'm just spicy. asking He's questions. Very spicy. I got a shout out to you and Eddie. Sam. Sam. <laughs> uh, all right. Tell Sam I said what's happening. All right, bro. He never wants to get through again. <laughs> I know, right? This guy got fantasies over there. <laughs> Y'all in love. Hello, who's this? My name is Rochelle. Hey, Rochelle, get it off your chest. I just wanted to shout out my amazing boyfriend. Oh. You gonna say his name? What's his name, Rochelle? His name's Todd. Hey, Todd. Hey, Todd. Good morning. That's, that was nice of you, Rochelle. What did he do that? What did he do yesterday that made you feel that way? I'm gonna shout him out in the morning on the radio. He had to do something. Well, every day he always makes sure that I have breakfast and he makes sure I have lunch. We work together. Oh, so. uh, see, pop tarts so nice. and lunchables so go a long way. I'm telling he you, is man. The That's oh, right. Shout to Todd. He, all my brothers, give your woman some pop tarts in the morning, some lunchables for lunch, and it'll go a long way. Salute to you, Todd. And what are you gonna oh, What are you gonna do for him to show how thankful you are? I always pockets. Drink coffee every morning. Coffee? Yeah. Amazing. Every morning he gets a fresh cup of coffee. That's Amazing. It. See, it's the little things, man. Shout what out. What you mean? Me. That's it. Yeah, she appreciates it. He appreciates it. They love each other. All right. Oh yes, of course. All right. Well, you have a good morning. Hello, who's this? Yo, yo, what's up, man? It's D.C. Um, D.C. Columbus, Ohio. What's up, brother? Hey, Get it off your chest. Peace, King. Uh, 
What's up, what's up, what's up everybody? Um, you know, I just want to say, uh, I'm trying to keep together, y'all. And I'm not having a good day. Okay, Talk to me, happy. brother. Uh, you know, my, uh, lost my dad on Friday, you know? I'm and, sorry. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm strong, okay? Take your time. Okay, yep. I'm, I got that. I don't want to waste nobody's time. I no, just, please take uh, your time. He was a great guy. He's a great stand-up man. Veteran. Fucking Desert Storm. Persian Gulf. You know, just good guy. God-fearing guy. Married to my mom for 30 years. That's all they've ever known mm. since they were 14 years old, you know? That love mm. is so real. You know, it's real. Uh, I don't know what to say, but I just want y'all to look. It's like, since they doing challenges, do this challenge. Just hold, if you, next time you see your dad, just hold him for 60 seconds. And hold him for 60 seconds. Don't let go, How? no matter how awkward it gets. Just hold him real tight, just 60 seconds, dog. Cause you just never know. Absolutely. You know, my dad would have been 50 years old next month. You know, 2020 ain't fair. Bro. He was young. But I don't want to young, yeah. I don't want to keep I don't want to keep y'all, man. But you know, just stay up. I listen to y'all. It's my first day back at work. I know I might be going to work too soon, but things need to be paid. Uh, you know, well, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I know, I know your father. You know, I know your father was a good man because I can I can tell by the impact he had he had on his son. Man, this but he would have impacted everybody. He was just that guy, you know. I want to say just R.I.P. Dwayne Foster, man. Dwayne Foster, yeah, that's his name. Okay, Dwayne Foster, rest in peace. And listen, don't be yeah. afraid to cry and let it out. It's fine. You don't have to be strong like that. No, it's okay. That's strong. right. You know, I can't, yeah. you know, I'm by myself right now at work, you know, but I'm just, you know. My mom's right, calling me, so let me call y'all later. I love y'all, man. Right, man. Love All you, right, too, man. Love you. All right, brother. And by the way, uh, my brothers, tears don't don't make, make you weak. weak. Tears just mean tears just mean that you care. That's right. That's you can all. be strong and cry. So yeah, that's right. Get it tears off don't make chest. you weak. Tears are just tears are just uh, 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 I guess what you would call weakness leaving the body. But it, it, I don't think it's weak at all. It just it just means you care. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's up, y'all? It's Angela Yee wishing you and your family the very best this holiday season from all of us here at The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the, bu- in the building. The f- are, you stu- are you okay, MV? <laughs> I was going to say the beautiful. She has that effect on she me. She does. Yes. <laughs> we have Nia Long here. Good, Good morning. morning. Welcome. Nia Long. How- I saw you got your own day in New York from the mayor also. Oh, my. You guys, I cried about that for like a week. Yay. Congratulations. Was really, that was like the biggest honor, and I was so blown away honestly because you don't expect like i have my own day august 27th yeah do you feel the pressure to have to do something on that day now <laughs> like in new york like an event i have uh... to come here every year on that day and talk to you that's what i got <laughs> that's good work that's, that's yeah, what that works yeah. Right. yeah we can do that yeah. Yeah. let's do it yeah we can do that it's coming up yeah. I, I, I know it is how are you though I'm okay. My, okay. Uh, I lost my father. Condolences. Recently. Thank you. He was a great man, and it's uh, it's it's amazing. I learned more about him. 
by being in Trenton, in Trenton, New Jersey for a week, just putting the whole thing together than I ever knew. Mm. And he was such an icon in the community and did so much for so many of those kids mm -hmm. living down there. So I was I was really proud of him. It he was, was a poet, cool. right? He's a poet, yeah. yeah. He's a poet, a writer, a photographer, like a real, just a renaissance man. Loved jazz music mm -hmm. and good food. And he was really like Lorenz Tate and Love Jones, but older. But I, I felt the school, Trenton High School, did a beautiful tribute to my father. I could not stop crying. I was just wow. like, this is amazing. Because wow. sometimes what a person can't do for their own children, they do for the world. And I'm okay with that if that meant that I had to share him. Oh, I think that's because uh, parents, they learn more as they, as they grow. So when they was raising us, they were, were 22 the years old. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking about that. I was thinking, I said, Mommy, I looked at my mother during the service. I said, Mommy, you were 22 years old when you had me. Right now, today, anything, I forgive you for everything. Because I couldn't have done it at 22. Right. 22, I was in the club. That's been a heavy conversation with my therapist the past couple of weeks. What's that? That whole conversation about forgiving your, your, your parents. Well, my father in particular, because they yeah, only could do the best that they could. Because they didn't know any better when they were younger. You have yeah. to really do it for yourself. It's if you do, if you commit that healing to with yourself, it will honestly change the way you experience your own life. Mm. Because I think for a lot of years I was I was disappointed and angry, and I wanted you know my dad to like read me a bedtime story and be there and do all of the things that a daddy is supposed to do. And I think my father had a very old school way of approaching life because black people are raised to survive. That's right. And my mother and my grandmother coming from the islands, they had a different philosophy. So had my parents stayed together, I may have still been an actress, but I don't think it would have happened as quickly as it did in my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have been a part of the era that really helped to define black cinema. Mm. When I look at my life, and I'm going to be 50 this that's great. 50, you guys. <laughs> I get to do whatever the f I want to do. Like, I can't wait. We got we to upgrade the term black don't crack. It's got to be something else. 50. Wow. wow. I can't believe it. But I, my point is, is when you get to this age, it's a beautiful time mm -hmm. in my life because mm -hmm. I can actually put everything into perspective and now it all makes sense. Right. And I feel more free and alive than I have in the last... 10 years because mm. I have understanding and I've forgiven myself for not forgiving people sooner in my own life or forgiving my father for things that he was unable to do and um, it's a good thing to do. Don't we have the luxury of healing though? This generation, like this generation Absolutely. has the luxury of healing. The fact that you just said I've taught, spoken to my therapist about certain things, black people were not saying that 15, 20 years ago. We all. were like, we didn't because because there was this, you know, the idea was if you go to therapy, there's something really wrong with you. That but you're the reality, crazy. That you're crazy. And mm -hmm. the reality is, is we have so much information coming at us. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to sit down and organize your life and your thoughts. That's right. And if you don't do that, you will be in a constant state of, you'll have anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. Yeah. All right, we got more with Nia Long. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Rudolph the Red Nose. Red Nose. Rudolph the Red Nose. Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw him, you would even say it close. Come on, come on. Breakfast Club, bitches.
We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nia Long, actress. Yee. So, Nia, how was your experience producing for the first time? Yeah, I, like, I like when you said, yeah, I casted Omar Epps. I, I, like, I oh, like that. I didn't, he, I didn't mean like, it like I that. Casted him. Did I say it like Life that? Flex. That's the truth. Because, you know, I've seen you talking about how you see all these white men getting rich off of movies that you're yeah. in. And now look at you producing. Is that the inspiration for that? And what was it like being on the other side? It was difficult at times because I was very specific and deliberate about certain things. And and to your point, the crew was white, the director was white, the producer was white, and they were lovely because they allowed me to correct things that needed to be corrected. Mm -hmm. But it's still frustrating that you have to over-explain yourself. I kept feeling like I needed to apologize for wanting to change something. Mm -hmm. But why am I apologizing? Right. You're trying to make this the best movie you possibly can make it. It benefits everybody. And that's also being a woman in a position of power where there's all men around you. I was literally, like, there were literally, like, three women on that set. And I never backed down. I was like, nope, you need to change that. Nope, don't like that angle. Nope, move the camera. Nope. And nope. you see that a lot. Like, if you know if that's a guy, then they'll say that guy's being a boss. But if it's a woman, they'll be like, oh, she's she's a Nia Long has a history of diva behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because when I started in this business, you weren't supposed to say anything except thank you. Mm. And I was like, thank you, but I wasn't even aware. I was just being myself. I, I just don't think that you need to behave in any situation. I think you need to grow and learn. Mm. Do you feel your evolution as a woman is shown through your characters? Mm-hmm. Not in, not in Roxanne, Roxanne. I don't know that lady. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not a part of me. Yeah. I do know that lady, mm-hmm. but, but I had to know that woman and have some experience. Look, we live right down the street from the projects when I lived in Brooklyn mm-hmm. to understand how to play her, right? I do think so. I mean, I'd like to do more. I'd like to have more diversity in my portfolio. Have you played, you haven't played your dream role yet, right? I don't think so. I think it's also like the body of work is is what makes me proud. Right. Such it's, an impact to this day and age. Thank you. And I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. But after every job, I'm like, okay, was that the last one? What's happening next? <laughs> and it never is. You so still I'm got like, a lot in the pipeline. Yeah, what do you, what I do. What do you tell a young actress right now that's, that's watching this and wishing to be you one day or like you one day? Authenticity. Don't change based on what you see. Change based on what you know you need to do to better yourself. Because I think a lot of times young artists come and they steal a little bit of this and they steal a little bit of that. But if you really start from your authentic self, all the embellishments will come through your experiences. And that's what creates and grows the artist. When we did Love Jones, everyone was like, oh my God, this is like the modern day mahogany. And I was like, okay, but that not that what art is? You, you take from the past and you recreate it and you are to be inspired by the thing that came before you and the thing that's in front of you. What do you think was different about black cinema in the 90s, though? That's lacking now. Because black films don't have that feeling. I'm sorry. It just, they, it is, they just don't. There's no boys in the hood. There's no love joneses. It don't have that same energy. I know. I don't know. Boys in the Hood was a great story. Right. Love Jones was a great story. Minister Society was a great story. These are, the stories just be whacking. Look, here's the thing. I think, you know, when you have a person like John Singleton, rest his soul, when, when he died, that broke my heart. Right. Mm. He discovered me. He created a lane for people to even care about my name. 
And so losing him and then losing my father, and I was like, God, like, uh, and they were kind of like the same kind of dude, you know? I don't know that they make them like that anymore. I don't know that they make men that are so aware of the black struggle, so savvy to make change, and then make art. So you got to produce more. That's the moral of this conversation. <laughs> right. <You have> to, <laughs> we said all of that to say. Mean, you have to produce more, Ms. Long. <laughs> and yeah. I will. Ms. Well, Long has to go, guys. All right. I will. Thank you. That was a beautiful interview. Well, it's The Breakfast Club. It's Miss Nia Long. It's Topic Time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, today is National Pass Gas Day. We're just having some fun with it. So we're asking 800-585-1051, do you have an embarrassing or crazy passing gas or farting story? Now, our board op, uh, Dramos, he just said when he first started working here, he uh, let one loose. And it was horribly. It, it smelled. Let Drum tell his own story. Put the mic on his beard. Okay. There you go. It, it was like my first week working with you guys, and you know, I was, my stomach was a little upset. You trying to make a good impression? I was trying. To, yeah. So I farted, <laughs> and I was hoping nobody noticed. But then, of course, somebody made a comment about it, and you guys went on the air. You blamed our other producer Eddie for it, and you know, I was. I Why was didn't too you new. come clean? I was new. You know, what I'm saying I want to have a bad impression my first week here. So now, so. now you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, now, what about? Well, we just heard about Charlemagne's story. Him and Curry at the uh, stop. Well, listen, here's the thing. I don't have these problems with embarrassing fart stories because I don't fart in my clothes. And the reason I don't fart in my clothes is because the last time I farted in my clothes was around 2003, 2004. This was when I was living in Columbia, South Carolina, working at Hot 1039. Uh, my now wife was going to the University of South Carolina. The night before, I went to this Jamaican spot called Cool Runnings. Uh, I was yeah. dropping her off at her dorm, and I wanted to run upstairs and use her bathroom, but I could tell it was going to be like one of those really embarrassing, like nasty, disgusting, blow up the bathroom type things. So I tried to make it back home, and I got to the light, and I was like, I'm going to fart a little bit just to ease off the, the pressure, ease pressure the tension the off the right. stomach. Mm-hmm. And when I let that little fart out, I felt some warmness and like some liquidy stuff mm. going down like the back of my leg and my cheeks. So that wasn't a little, that was a lot. So at that point, I had on some Peco jeans. I think it was called Paco. Paco, Paco remember Paco, Paco jeans? Jean. I had on some Paco jeans. And at that point, I was just like, let it rip. And so as I kept farting, it just kept coming out nice, warm, and runny. And then oh, I pulled up to my car? apartment complex. All of my car, I used to drive a little gray Honda Civic. And I pulled up to the apartment complex, and I'm like, yo, I hope my next-door neighbor Val is not outside because her and her friends be outside because, like, I'm disgusting right now. So I ran upstairs. Uh, she wasn't there. My Paco jeans were destroyed, and I actually threw the underwear away but took my Paco jeans to the cleaners, but was too embarrassed to go back for them. You're nasty. Yes. What about you, Yee? Um, I farted in my sleep before, and I only know that because my boyfriend told me. I do that all the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. And then there's times when I've had to really struggle to hold it in during uh, times that, you know, it's a really bad time to fart. Yeah. You know what? I... I'm the king of getting in the elevator farting and then not thinking there's nobody else gonna come and then the elevator stops on another floor and they walk in. And I always gotta be like, woo, I don't know who did this before I got in there. Well, another reason I don't I don't I don't fart around people, because I tell people all the time, farting is a form of flirting. So if you're a man who likes to <laughs> fart around another man, like you're really sending off signals. Like really? those are like male pheromones. Men got pheromones, right? 
So those are pheromones. ass pheromones. Those are pheromones from your ass. Pheromones. Basically, <laughs> you just don't. If you if you don't want another man to think you're flirting with him, don't fart around him. Because the truth to the matter is, why would you want another man to know what your ass smell like? And the worst is when you don't. Sounds know like your, an invite to me, goddamn. When you're about crazy. to fart and you don't know it, and you go to pee, and your uh, significant other is in the bed, and they hear you fart while you pee. What about when you sneeze and fart at the same time, but you <laughs> you don't know if people heard the fart? I do that as well. So you don't say that. <laughs> you don't say that. Just keep it quiet. The sneeze is so loud, <laughs> yeah. but the fart sounded just as loud. So you just don't say nothing. Janae. Hi, guys. Oh, my God. I can't believe I made it through. Where you been farting at, huh? Well, it's actually not me. I witnessed a fart. So my husband and I and a group of friends went to the African-American Museum in Washington, D.C., and it was really quiet. Everyone was taking it in. And this old white guy, he farted so mm. loudly and tried to play it off like it wasn't wow. him. <laughs> now, how, was like, now, how old is he now? He, he had to have been, like, 70. He Come can't on. control that. You got to let a 70-year-old man fart when he wants to fart, man. No, He's earned the no, right. But he, he played it. It's not. It's 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 just the context that we were in. We're in an African-American museum. You're an old white guy, and you just going to fart while everybody's just trying to take in this. <laughs> he ain't doing it on purpose. You <laughs> was making him nervous. <laughs> you think he did right? it on purpose? He's 70 years old in an African-American museum. His granddaddy killed some of those people y'all was looking at. Goodness Come on, gracious. now. 800 I have no sympathy for no 105. When we're talking fart stories, I'm scared to sleep on a plane sometimes. I know when I sleep on a plane, I know I like that plane up. Yeah, I can attest that you have. See? Hello, who's this? Jay Cox. Hey, what's up, bro? We're talking about embarrassing fart stories. So, yeah, look, I was in the club one night, and uh, the club was letting out, and we was in line to get our coats. I had gas bad as hell, and I, I was holding it. I was trying to be, you know, cordial or whatever, but it was too, it was too chicks behind me. And I, I had to let it go. When I let it go, I tried to play it off and turn around like, man, where the hell that came from? <laughs> when I tell you, they was looking at me so crazy. Like, I knew it was your black ass. Like, we knew it was <laughs> and I just was like, you know, like, I tried to play it off, but it, it funked the club up. I really got two stories. I met Yee in Detroit, like, a few weeks ago. You fought it with Yee in Detroit? Oh, my gosh. Listen, man, listen, the picture we took, Yee, your face was so priceless, like, it just looked like I farted. I don't know if I... If was this I in Foot Locker? No, this was at La Culture. Oh, okay. I'm that's a little while. Okay, yeah, you probably did fart. You just farting all over the place. And you a chef, nasty ass. I don't feel sorry for none of y'all because I think all of y'all are terrorists. First of all, you fart in your clothes. And when you fart in front of people or on people, especially in enclosed places, you need to be arrested. We need to treat, like, especially farting on a plane, we need to treat that the way we treat people who threaten the president. But for some reason, when you when, when you when you go up on that plane, something with the air and, and whatever, oh it gosh. makes you want to fart. No, that's, yes, just, that's just you, It sir. makes you want to fart? Yes. It's, no. probably what you eat before, it's probably what you eat Nobody before you get on the plane. When no. you get on the plane, it gives you more gas? No. Yeah. I've never felt like that. I got that. gas right now. We believe you. Up, bro? <laughs> You're a very gassy person. I ain't flirting with y'all. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey. Aaron. Hey, we're talking about embarrassing fart stories. Yeah, so one night I was um, getting my son ready for bed, reading him a little story, and tried to slide one out real silent. Came out a little louder than anticipated. And I said, ooh, mommy, sorry. He said, what was that? I said, mommy, farted. It's okay. He said, with sheer disappointment on his face, mommy, fart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Same thing comes out of me as it comes out of you. Uh oh. So. That's not I true. I wouldn't say that to him. It's gonna be that time. It's gonna be that time of month one day, <laughs> and he might see a little bit more than he needs to see. <laughs> yeah. And you can't say what comes out of mommy comes out of you. I, I 
out of out of my butt. How's that? Okay. Well, <laughs> well, you gonna tell everybody at school. That's right. If one day you wake up <laughs> and your son's butt is bleeding, you better call goddamn <laughs> diapers. You go too far. Hello, who's well, this? Kobe. Kobe, we have we're talking about your uh, embarrassing fart stories. One time I was eating this girl from the back, mm. and you I farted? heard uh, <laughs> a sound that sounded similar to a fart. She claimed that she queefed. Yeah, that could be a queef. Getting farted on your nose or queefed on your tongue. Did you smell it? The room smelled like weed, so I really didn't even notice. You know what, man? All you right. Know what, you know if you didn't smell it, it was a queef. You know what, a lot of a, a lot of women are a member of a tribe called Queef. I don't see anything wrong with that. Don't shame her for queefing. Yeah, queefing happens. Uh, I didn't shame them. Finished it up, and it was a night as as usual. What did That's it sound right. like? What did it sound like? <laughs> did you did you stop or did you stay down there? I think you got a flat tire, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you might want to pull over. I think you got a flat. Yeah. My goodness, Somebody goodbye. Somebody call AAA for the homie, yo. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is when someone sneezes, you say, God bless you. When someone farts, what do you say? I'm asking for a friend. I don't know. I don't know. Because I just feel like you should say something. If you hear a fart out loud, you can't act like you didn't hear it, right? You just so say, you excuse say? you. Excuse you. Excuse you. Excuse you, you nasty piece of <laughs> Goodness Excuse gracious. you. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. Happy holidays. Wishing you and your family the very best this holiday season from all of us here at The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now. The legend Morris Day. Man. Yes. <laughs> Light like... skin is always in the building. Hey, you know it. You know it. How y'all doing? We're doing we blessed, good. black, and highly favored. Morris. I feel like I know you because my daddy used to listen to so much Morris Day in the time growing up. And, and, and you know, in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, in his little juke joint, he always was playing Morris Day in the time. Hey, props to Pops. <laughs> yes, sir. And you still got the good hairline popping. Hey, watch out now, you know. We gotta keep it, we gotta, hey, we got to keep it nice, you know? <laughs> Mars is here because he's released a new book. Mm-hmm. But we, let, let's start because there might be some people that don't know who Mars Day is that listen to The Breakfast Club. So let's explain to the people who Mars Day is and how you got your start. So where are you from? Let's start the high school, who you went to high school with, and how you got and started in the music industry. Well, I'm actually from a small town in Illinois, Springfield, which is actually the capital. Everybody thinks Chicago is, but it's it's Springfield. In uh, early years, you know, but then I moved to Minneapolis. We were supposed to be going to California, but my mom said we we're going to stop in Minneapolis to visit a sick aunt, and we stayed there for the next 20 years. Wow. You know, it turned out I lived on the same block that Prince did, around the corner and I didn't even, I didn't know, you know I mean? He was uh, like 10 years old and I'd see him and his sister Tyka playing outside. And um, I didn't meet him until like four or five years later and ended up being in the same band with him. We had a band called Grand Central and you know, Prince helped me get my start. He got his solo start and helped me get my start. And you know, it's kind of history from there. Mm -hmm. So y'all literally grew up together in the same neighborhood since y'all was 10 years old and didn't know it. <laughs> now, now, was he always good in basketball? Did y'all used to play basketball? I didn't know him. I mean, I saw him back then, you know, uh, playing outside with his sister. But, you know, I didn't find out, you know, that he was a musician and all that until like five years later, like 14, 15 years old. But yeah, he was an awesome basketball player. Wow. Now, your book is interesting how you wrote it because a lot of it is what you would imagine Prince would respond 
to some of the stories that you have to tell and your recollections of you coming up and becoming, you know, the Morris Day and the time and the whole journey to get to that point. So it seems like you guys had such an interesting relationship because y'all knew each other for so long. He was very much intricately involved with you becoming the superstar that you became, but then there were some discrepancies between you two along the way. You know, brothers fight. <laughs> but you're right. I, I, you, you better believe that the responses that um, in the book that, that, that I came up with are real world responses because you know we knew each other well after i got out of his camp you know we didn't talk all that much but we spent a lot of time together uh in the early years on time a princely life and funk I, let me ask you a question mr date do you feel you get your proper credit or do people think of you of just, as just a prince creation well you know some people think that and you know um social media is is beautiful and it's ugly at the same time as far as credit you know, I know what I did, you know, in, in the organization. Uh, if anybody questions whether I can write a song, then you need to uh, research that because that's how I got my start. But um, Prince was such a creative genius. I would never um, dispute how somebody feels about him versus me. I'm humble about that. You know, I, I think people are entitled to their opinions, and uh, it's all good. Do you I know think that pain. if you would have tried to negotiate more for yourself that you would have been in the position that you were in with him or you think he would have shut it down because it feels like he was like this is what it is take it or leave it that's the way he came across but sometimes i question if i had taken a harder position with him i'd probably have a little more of that purple rain money <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you brought up an interesting point because your songs aren't on the soundtrack not at all right and those were huge songs and i think it would have benefited the actual soundtrack there were some other songs in the movie that weren't on the soundtrack also yeah, no, we had decent sales, but had we been on the soundtrack, which was a shrewd move on the brother's part, you know, um, the sales would have been, you know, um, substantially greater. What was your relationship when he, when he passed away? Did y'all have a, a tight relationship, good relationship? You know, I've been fortunate enough to not really have people close to me pass away. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a real shocker for me. That was that was the closest person, well, one of the closest per people to me. And um, we uh, he, he insisted that we come to... Um, Paisley Park to do a show uh, for him. Um, and, and in the past, he had kind of stiffed me a few times. So I was like, brother, if you want me to bring my band to Minneapolis again, you're going to have to pay me up front. And, you know, he sent all the money and everything. And uh, we went there and he was very gracious. And we got to talk. We talked at, before the show. We talked after the show. And uh, in parting, he said, you know, I love you. And he had never said anything like that to me before. And I was like, I love you. And um, that was pretty much the last words that we had. So I, you know, I walked away from that feeling like, what changed? You know, what's different? Why did he say that? And two months later, that was it. Wow. Wow. Now, one thing that people might not know is that you had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis as part of your band early on before they went to go become the super producers and writers um, who they are. So how did you mend that relationship after you fired them from working with you? <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> you just gonna fire those super producers? You could have signed them. <laughs> it's in the book. It's but in the did, book. But how do you mend a relationship like that? Because to me, it's like, look, we popping over here, you know? So do we need to come back and work again? So how does that even, like, how does that conversation happen? That's a great question. You know what? First of all, I didn't fire them. I was signed to Prince's production company, <laughs> and he fired. Prince fired yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. He's not here to defend himself, Mars. We don't know if we believe your story. <laughs> <laughs>
you know what? I want the brother to rest in peace, so I ain't going to sit here and lie on it. But I will tell you, he fired. That was a tough moment for me because we were in the studio recording Ice Cream Castles, not just the album, but the song Ice Cream Castles. And um, wow. they, he called them in and they showed up and he fired them. And, you know, one of my pet peeves coming up as a musician was I always hated to see one of my favorite bands start replacing members mm-hmm. because I like my bands to stay the way I like them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really dropped my head and had a, a, a real tough day uh, when he did fire them. So I never had a relationship to heal with them because they know I didn't fire them. Okay. <clears throat> Could the time have been as successful as they were if Alexander O'Neill remained the lead and not you? Well, they wouldn't have had a, a lead singer who was quite as pretty, but I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. I, I think it would have changed the whole dynamic of things. To be honest, I, I love Alex. Alex is an incredible singer. I wish I could sing half as well as Alex. Um, but it just would have been a whole different dynamic. And, um, you know, Alex and I were, were we were best buddies, you know, uh, back through then. But he wanted something, you know, more than what we had. And it just kind of turned out. I just wanted to be a drummer. So I kind of got pushed out there. We tried a few lead singers, including Alex, and uh, it didn't work out. And Prince was like, well, you do it. How often did Give the Drummer Some get you late? Well, Give the Lead Singer Some works a little better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got more with the legendary Morris Day. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Morris Day. Charlemagne? Did writing this book serve as a form of therapy to work out maybe some remaining grief you had from, from the loss of Prince? You like to ask some good questions, don't you? Yeah. No, it was definitely um, <laughs> therapeutic because I found myself uh, going down, you know, memory lane in a way that I probably didn't want to at times. And, and at times it was really great. And I always thought in my life I would like to, like, uh, do the memoirs of, of Morris Day. And um, I just didn't know that I would do them as soon as I did. And, um, you know, at times it was painful, but um, it was therapeutic because I did get some things off my chest and revisit some things that I probably needed to revisit. And how did being in the band, and you also uh, battled your own demons during that time, affect your relationships? You know, because you did get married... You did have children during that time. So how did that affect your relationships? Well, you know, the demons are among us. So, But I dealt with them big time when I was younger and dumber. You know, but fortunately, you know, uh, God had a plan for me. I'm still here. I think I'm doing better than I ever have, you know, even through this um, pandemic, they call it. Um, but, you know, it's it's um, life is life. You know, you you got to deal with it. Um, I had some serious demons, but, you know, and they caused some serious damage to me and other people. But, um, you know, I got through it. Everybody got through it. Did, what did your kids say reading this book? Because I know you reflected it on how you wish you would have had a better relationship while your kids were young. So how did you mend that? And what did they say when they read this? The love from kids is unconditional. It's a true statement. Mm-hmm. So um, I, my kids don't really... Uh, dragged me through it so much about, you know, how I was. I really wasn't that bad. I'm not like a bad person, but, you know, um, my older kids, you know, um, you know, my oldest uh, is 43. And, um, you know, she, you know, she, she, she doesn't, you know, uh, rip me up about it too much. It's, It's all love. So, you know, people are people and people make mistakes and life goes on. 
Was there any pushback from anybody on the dialogue between you and Prince throughout the book? Maybe his estate or something? Yeah, if you go on to uh, Prince's online um, community, he has, you know, everybody has their opinion. But at the end of the day, I was the one that was there. So you can have your opinion, but you got to understand that it was my life that I lived and I was there. Did you have to get approval from Prince's estate to speak on his behalf in the book? No, they haven't bothered me so far, you know, because I think they know that might be a mistake because I, it, even though I do speak about Prince, I'm telling my life story. Right. Because you know all the, you know all the bones are buried if you need to go dig them up. <laughs> Trust me, I left a lot of them buried. <laughs> well, you, di- you, did, you did speak on the rivalry between Prince and Michael Jackson in the book. What were Prince's true feelings towards Michael Jackson? Well, you know, he had respect for Michael. But, you know, there's a rivalry because, you know, Prince rose to that level where it was appropriate to say, you know, this is competition. And anybody who could say they were in direct competition with Michael Jackson, they're in a good space as far as an entertainer goes. Mm -hmm. I I remember reading one time where you said uh, Rick James was jealous of Prince. He was. You know, Rick, you know, started to feel the pressure. And, you know, I understand that pressure because that's the kind of pressure that the, the time started to put on Prince, you know, when we were doing concerts. And Prince was putting that type of pressure on Rick James where he was starting to steal the show. Rick being the kind of brother that he was, he wasn't liking that shit. So, you know, I understand it because, like I said, that's what the time did to Prince. And that's why he took us off of some of those major markets. We couldn't go to Chicago, L.A., New York. We couldn't go to the major markets with it because we was putting pressure on it. Did y'all Hold ever on, get any fights so you, with all that? Did you, you know, because you're talking about all these different shows. But did, did y'all ever get physical? <laughs> well, it's in the book. <laughs> it's in the book. No, the, the closest we came to getting physical, we had a, a huge food fight, and it was in I believe y'all throwing pancakes all over the goddamn place. <laughs> pancakes, sausage, everything, man. We, you know, but he started it. We was on stage, and he for some reason, it got the bright idea that he wants to start throwing eggs up on the stage while we was up there. So y'all performing and they chucking eggs at y'all? Eggs coming across the stage. So, you know, he said, and then he threatened me. He said, you better not try and do that to me when I'm on stage. And I, you know, you know how it is. If you say don't do it, guess what? You gotta do it. (laughs) I gotta do it. So we did the same thing and it carried on after the show. It went into the backstage area. They had, uh, my guitar player Jesse handcuffed to a coat rack and um, just all kind of crazy stuff. And it ended up me getting the bill. I had to pay $5,000 out of the, you know, little money I was getting, uh, you know, to clean because the venue charged us a, a, us a cleanup fee. So that's really, and it got ugly. It did get ugly. So th- that's really the closest we came to, you know, getting physical. I'm shocked that you said Prince, you know, didn't take y'all on the road because he didn't like pressure. I would think somebody like Prince would love to have somebody challenging him on that stage. Well, you got to understand, it's the Frankenstein monster that he built. I think he believed that we would be good, but I don't think he believed that we would be as good as we were. Wow. So I I believe, you know, we took it, and I think that the members of, of the time speak for itself, because if you think about, you know, what everybody did, you know, Terry and Jimmy, uh, you know, unlimited ability um, as songwriters and producers. Jesse Johnson had a great solo career. Uh, Jerome was a great personality, great actor, you know, and, and you know, we just, we, we had a chemistry that I don't think he expected. 
Now, did you ever think of doing a movie yourself? Because I know, obviously, you were in Purple Rain, the Graffiti Bridge movie. Had you ever, at that time, said, I should just write my own movie just the way Prince was writing these movies and developing these ideas? Yes, I thought that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's that's in my brain, and it's 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 on the back burner right now, moving toward the front. Yeah, you you had a TV show back in the day. Yeah, and and yeah. I, I, it, it it was canceled. Not I heard this is what I heard. It was canceled not because of ratings, but because the studio didn't get along with your show's producer Ralph uh, Farquhar. I think his name is. Yeah, I've I've had two like that that you know were canceled, and you know the the one. Uh, that I did, New Attitude with Cheryl Lee Ralph and um, Yvonne Stickney. Um, that was a bona fide hit as far as the Nielsen ratings were concerned. Mm-hmm. But there was a hiatus and they canceled the show. And then the show aired and it had high, high ratings, but it didn't exist anymore. And then we had another show, Jerome and I, um, that that um, was called Hotel Dicks. And we were both um, hotel detectives. And uh, that, hotel that show. Dicks. Also- <laughs> yeah. That's a wild <laughs> name. <laughs> wild name. Wild name, man. And, um, you know, that show got canceled, uh, but there was a lot of internal issues, and they were changing powers at Fox at the time. So, um, you know, that one was what it just kind of made me believe maybe I'm not an actor because I can act, but I don't like the, the, the part of acting where somebody tells me what to do, what time to get up. <laughs> what time to be at work, oh, and all of that stuff. That's you know, part of it, That's sir. the way yeah, it works, Mr. It costs Day. a lot of money to do these productions. They need you on yes, time. It <laughs> yes, it does. And I understand that, but I don't like that part of it. So, so, when they, so is the rumor about the studio not getting along with your show's producer, uh, Ralph, true? Or was it you not wanting to do the work? Well, I wanted to do the work. I was there. I was there every day on time, looking good, ready to go in, and, and knew my lines and all of that. So it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was internal problems. Got you. All right, now don't move. We got more with Morris Day when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Morris Day. Yee. Now, your mom managed you early on. So <laughs> was, how was that uh, experience having her as your momager? And then when did you kind of break away from that? How was that separation? Well, you know, first of all, having your mom manage you, it, it sounds cool. <laughs> But it's pressure, you know, because you got a group of individuals and sometimes they don't agree with what the manager has to say. And when it's your mom, you don't appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? So they say, hey, you know, the manager, I don't like what she said. I don't like this. I'm like, but wait a minute. You know, this is double edged for me because that's my mom you're talking about. So it was cool. How long did that last? <laughs> um, she probably managed us for maybe two years. Um, and that was when we were. Uh, teenagers. Did, did she quit so, or did you fire um, it, it was tough, but you know, she she had big ideas for us. Um, she was definitely shooting toward trying to get us a record deal. Um, the problem with my mom was she was a you know she was very attractive young lady, and so you know we had people like Isaac Hayes going, "Oh, I'm gonna give him a deal," but what was you really looking for? No. You know? <laughs> Damn. Damn. No. no. <laughs> Now, listen, would you look at her any other way if you found out that, you know, come on, she might have done some things just to make some things happen? <laughs> that's his mama now. I know. I'm just saying. had an interesting relationship. I told because... you it was double-edged. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. When you look in the no, book, no. too, there was no, a cross I, I, I don't, no, I don't, you know, first of all, I had never even, like, considered that. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> Mr. Day, what do you think was different about the era that y'all came up in as opposed to this one? Because back then, you know, y'all were 
flamboyant, right? But yeah. nobody ever called y'all out of y'all name or said, oh, those guys are gay. Or, That's or not did true. They? Yes, they did. Yeah, they, they did because, you know, we did stuff like wear makeup and, mm-hmm. and um, high heels you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we, you know, uh, you know, Prince was was, you know, big on, you know, he even like crossed the line as far as dressing, you know, with the heels and, you know, and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, that came up a lot. But I really think that that at the end of the day, talent and ability uh, mm-hmm. prevailed. And that's why so pe- many people love Prince and people respected. You know, I didn't, you know, uh, go that metrosexual uh, road as, 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 as far as he did. But um, I know the brother wasn't gay. You know, if people say that to me, I'd be like, okay, well, leave your girlfriend in, uh, with him for a few hours and come back and tell me is he still gay. You that's know? what so, I saw. I saw y'all with all the women. <laughs> y'all had all the beautiful women around y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it, 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 it was all good, man. You got to take the bitter with the sweet. You know, that's why, that's the tough thing about going on social media. You you getting all this praise and everybody's like, hey, I love it, I love it. And then here comes that one hater. You know, that's just part of life, I guess. You know, people have their opinions and you got to let them have it. You said Prince even got booed off stage at a, was it a Rolling Stone concert? Because they thought he looked too feminine. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we Rolling Stone concert, it would look like a bunch of Hells Angels or motorcycle gangs out there. And here come Prince with a trench coat on and some bikinis and some <laughs> leg warmers and some high heels. That that messed with their, their minds, you know what I mean? They're like, I'm not expecting this. I'm here to see the Rolling Stones. And then next thing you know, beer bottles started flying and and at that time, I, I was the cameraman for Prince, so I, I had my video camera set up, and I'm in the back, and I'm uh, back by the soundboard, and um, <clears throat> they're booing and throwing beer bottles, and uh, it, it was ugly. What about when Prince pulled up with the pants with the ass cheeks up? Yeah, I saw that. I, I wasn't around then. I was like, that's pushing it a little bit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> did, did you hit him up and tell him that? Or y'all wasn't no, speaking then? Here's the funny thing. Um, I never had Prince's phone number. Once I left the camp, I never had the uh, ability to call the brother. You know, the only way we talked is if he called me, and it was always his security calling me first, and then, you know, he comes in with a mysterious deep voice, you know, after, you know, they find, you know, after I answer the phone. So, you know, I I really didn't have that privilege or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. uh, to call him, but, um, you know, I I probably would have been like, what's up with with the pants, brother, you know? did you ever have any slight jealousy for Prince? Or huge jealousy for Prince? I don't know. I think my jealousy probably came in is like, I really feel like I should have uh, partook in the finances a little more than the 50000 that I got um, for Purple Rain. And then I'm watching him on the cover of People Magazine. They said he made it $17 million. Uh, and that, and the, movie, the movie was just heating up at that point. So I felt a little jealous about getting left out of the financial part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so interesting because you guys weren't allowed to do anything with anyone else. It was exclusive. So mm-hmm. even when you had opportunities to go write for other people and work with other people, it just couldn't happen. And that's a real sacrifice that you made. Which is really why I left the camp because, you know, I was comfortable there if I had been able to do other things. And I had gone to Prince and I had to go through the management and um, told them I wanted to do a solo record. And they said, okay, give me a minute on that. They come back to me and they said, okay, Prince says yes, but he has to be executive producer. Well, I know what that means. I means t- That means total control over the project. And that's why I chose to leave. And I had to pay a substantial amount of money to get out of the deal with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, I need my own creative freedom. 
which I I don't think I would have gotten had I stayed. So, you know, I had to make a move. Wow. So we can expect a movie from this book, right? Hopefully. Now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my final question for you, Mr. Day. Did, did you write this book for yourself or Prince? this book for myself and you know what it was suggested that i do a book and um you know we have one of the best writers in the business uh david ritz who um wanted to do this book with me because um you know i'm not a writer per se um but you know and 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 it just made so much sense that i said okay i'll do it and i was really afraid of the time commitment because you know i'm not a workaholic um so you know i was just thinking now i gotta be every day you know writing this book, you know, uh, but David made it an uh, easy process for me. And, um, you know, I'm really glad I got an opportunity to do it. Now, you know, if you, you really pay attention to it, I've done a lot in my lifetime and, you know, it ain't going to stop, but you know, That's the right. blockbuster movie book, been a, a performer, uh, been an actor, um, you know, and so, you know, you know, life is beautiful. All right. Well, we glad you exist, my brother. Absolutely. We glad your art exists. We glad that this new book, On Time, A Princely Life in Funk, exists as well. And I hope everybody goes out there and grabs it. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate yeah, y'all. On, brother. You Thank be safe. You. Peace, King. Right. Morris Days, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Donkey of the day. Donkeys of the day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being donkey of the day is a little bit of a mixed play. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the day goes to a hip hop music producer named J.W. Lucas. I have never heard of this individual in my life. Didn't know he existed until yesterday. Envy, you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Angelie, you ever heard of him? Nope. Okay, but he's produced for Little Uzi, Jack Harlow, The Baby, and Pop Smoke. So says The Shade Room and Genius. I feel like I am giving this man what he wants, and what he seems to want is attention. Uh, I don't know how or why you wake up and go to your social media and open up your Twitter and decide to tweet out something like this. This is what J.W. Lucas tweeted out. Why is the world asking for justice for hashtag Breonna Taylor? Of course she shouldn't have lost her life. But do you realize that she was involved with multiple drug dealers who were using her house as a trap spot? If you sign up for that life, there are consequences in tweet. He actually posted that. Those words came out of his thumbs. First of all, wow. none of that is true. <laughs> right? None of that is true. Let's just start there. None of that is true. We should all know the story of Breonna Taylor by now. Uh, if you don't, here's a quick recap. Shortly after midnight on March 13th, Louisville police officers executing a search warrant used a battering ram to enter the apartment of 26-year-old Breonna Taylor. Contrary to J.W. Lucas's dumbass tweet, she was not a trap queen. She was an emergency room technician. All right? She was in bed with her husband, I mean, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Okay? When they both heard the door get banged down, it was a brief exchange and Kenneth did what I believe any human in America who owns a firearm would do if someone broke into his house, and that's let the hammer fly. All right, that's exactly what the right to bear arms is all about, okay? The Second Amendment is the right for people to possess weapons for their own defense. There is not a man, woman, or child in America who owns a gun, who knows how to fire a gun, who would not have done the same thing in that situation, okay? Kenneth fired, police fired back several shots, and poor Breonna Taylor was murdered. Now, there was so many things wrong with this situation, but the main problem was police had been investigating two men who they believed were selling drugs out of a house that was far from Miss Taylor's home. 
Okay, but a judge had also signed a warrant allowing the police to search Ms. Taylor's residence because the police said they believed that one of the two men had used her apartment to receive packages. No drugs were found in the apartment. Okay, none. The police report contained multiple errors. They listed Breonna Taylor's injuries as none, even though she had been shot eight times. And they say they had not forced, they, they, they did not force their way into the apartment, though they used the battering ram to break the door open. And police had already located the main suspect in the investigation by the time they decided to run up in Brianna's apartment. So they had who they were looking for already, okay? The moral of the story is J.W. Lucas doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And only in America will a white man find a way to defend the oppressor while making the oppressed a victim. Now, I saw on Hollywood Unlocked, and the shade room yesterday where one of our fearless leaders, Queen Tamika Mallory, dropped one of the clues bonds for Tamika Mallory. Speaking to J.W. Lucas, uh, some people said Tamika was wasting her time. I don't think standing up for Breonna Taylor or any black person who has lost their life due to systemic racism is a waste of time. I thought maybe this guy, J.W. Lucas, would have come to his senses and let Tamika talk some sense into him after being corrected, but no. Let's listen extremely racist for a white man to try to tell black people what we are doing, where we need to go, what our issues that, are. That is part of the gated institutional narrative. Tamika, no, I should be, I should be a leader in the Black Lives you Matter movement because I'm more you. capable than you. Right. Yes, I am. You know what? Here's what you we're don't understand do. the nature Here's of reality. Do, All Lucas. negative externalities must be eliminated. The people that you do business with to make a decision about whether or not what you're saying and the propaganda and the lies that you're spreading is something that they should continue to support. So what I promise you is that you will have to deal with me for the rest of your life. Because anybody you do business with, I'm going to show up to make sure that they know that you are a racist and that your rhetoric and the tone that you're using is extremely dangerous and that you disrespected the life of a young 26-year-old Never. woman. Never. I will not accept that. That's and it shows your colors. You don't give a about decreasing problems, Tamika. You care about getting your own political game. Did you hear the white privilege oozing out of his pores, right? First of all, people really need to watch their tone when it comes to talking to queens like Tamika Mallory. Second of all, for him to say he can lead the movement better than Tamika? <laughs> what do you even say to that? Like, what's your response? Why do you even dignify that with a response? Why does he feel comfortable talking like that and saying I'm disgusted. like he could... He could lead the movement better than Tamika. You know why? Because he's a white man talking to a black person, especially a black woman. So it's a level of superiority and privilege that just comes with that. All right? Sexism, racism, we already know what it is. Now, keep in mind, he's a hip-hop producer. So he was also on last night talking hip-hop. Listen to what this man said about our culture. You're calling me a culture vulture. When I am telling you that I bring more to hip-hop culture than anyone in it, period. He does more for hip-hop than anyone in it? That's crazy. I never even heard of you tell yesterday, okay? The caucasity, the unmitigated, ghostly, pale gall of this human. You know, J.W., feel how you want to feel. Say what you want to say. It's America. You have that right. Do your thing. But there has to be consequences and repercussions for people who talk like this. See, you can have freedom of speech, but you cannot be free of the consequences of said Speech. And this is why we need our own version of, like, the Southern Poverty Law Center or the ADL, these organizations that fight against bigotry and racism. When someone does or says something that's offensive, you know, to our culture, 
hip-hop, blackness. We should be organized or have an organization that lets people know this ain't welcome, okay? We see it happen to people all the time, but for some mm -hmm. reason, when it comes to hip-hop and, and blackness, people are just allowed to continuously disrespect us, and nobody says anything, all right? Nothing happens. Case in point, as I've said before, we can't even get the cops who kill us fired. We can't even get people canceled when they kill us. So, of course, someone like J.W. Lucas feels comfortable disrespecting us on all levels while making money in and off our culture. J. Lucas, today is a nice day. So, at some point today, uh, I want you to go outside barefoot if you can. Put your feet in the ground, okay? Get grounded, all right? Take a few deep ocean breaths. Make sure your inhales and exhales are long, full, and deep. After you do that, look up. Look up, look up, look up. There is a star at the center of the solar system. It's the foundation of the solar system. It's a nearly perfect sphere of hot plasma. I want you to look at it. Feel the rays from it. Let it shine on your white skin and say to yourself, sun, scream it. Sun, and then spell it to yourself. S U N. Give me a S. Give me a U. Give me a N. And let it be a reminder to you that sun means shut up, n. That's what you have to do when you feel like tweeting something stupid or getting on live and saying something stupid. Just go outside and get some sun and remind yourself to shut up, n. And yes, white folks can be n words too. Please let Remy Ma give J.W. Lucas the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker, you dumb. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at you, brother. Who? You. This is usually where we do a petty party or something like that. You ain't want to do that today? Um, do some clown emojis, you know? <laughs> if you, no, we, don't have, we can do clown emojis, but what we need to do is go in his comments, J.W. Lucas 702. All right, J.W. Lucas 702, and put a bunch of sons in his comments, all right? And say, shut up, n***. Okay? <laughs> and let's see, uh, let's see if he's stupid enough to get on live later and say, I got a bunch of people telling me to shut up, n***, in my comments. <laughs> Let, let's see what happens, guys. This is a good social experiment. Let's see how far he's willing to take this, okay? Go to his comments. His Instagram is JW Lucas, JW L U C A S 702. Oh, he must be in Vegas. And put a bunch of suns. Just put the sun in his comments with the phrase, shut up. Okay? Okay. Keep it locked. We have more coming up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God here, and I just want to wish a Merry Christmas to all my credit card scammers out there. This is the season to find you a scammer friend so you can save some money in any major department store in America. The Breakfast Club. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Um, I'm saying anonymous. All right, what's your okay, question for Yee, anonymous? Yes, we can. All right. <laughs> so I have a dilemma. Um, when my boyfriend and I first started dating, we were going to, you know, do it in the car, and he pulled his pants down. Ooh. There was a foul odor. Um, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't fart. He just, like, had took a dump and, like, didn't wipe his butt. Uh, hey! So now we, like, live together, and um, whenever 
we're going to do it, I always, you know, I'm hesitant because he doesn't wipe his butt. So he always <laughs> older and, you know, he always has dookie stays in his boxers. Ah, uh, so, those skid marks, that's what they call them. <laughs> yes, yeah, skid marks. So how do you tell your man, like, babe, can you please wipe your ass? Is he a grown man or a baby wearing a diaper? That is disgusting. First of all, <laughs> don't judge need, that man. I'm going to tell you. Oh, is this Envy we're talking about here? You mean, is this gear? But don't judge that man. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all right, so first of all, do y'all have wet wipes in the bathrooms in the house? I think I need to keep them there, but that doesn't mean he'll use them. <laughs> you got to help him out, man, because first of all, there's no way he don't smell the doo-doo coming out his butt when he pulls his Goodness pants gracious. down, number one. Number two, you might have to tell him you got to get up in there when you wipe yourself and wipe yourself good. And you might have to buy him some wet wipes to carry with him when he goes places and tell him to use those when he uses the bathroom because this is not something that you can dance around. You have to be direct about this hygiene. She's right. But I'm not his mama, though. Embarrass him one time. You're going to have, you have like, to tell him. This? Because you know what? If you don't say something, you're going to just end up having to smell doo-doo every time you have sex. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> so just, just tell him. Be like, babe, look at your underwear. Do or, you see this? You're not wiping yourself well. Are you getting up in the hole? So you have doo-doo stains on your sheets too, huh? No, no, I would never. You would have never. to. If it's in his underwear, it's in the sheets. But Why? you gotta, you got to point it out because if you don't say anything, then I don't. are you just having sex and enduring the smell? Oh, girl, I don't go down there. Like, I won't go down on him a lot because... Of that, like I'm always afraid. Like I don't want to get you <laughs> in my mouth. Why right. is it so hard to tell a man his ass thing? I don't know, but you could get. Um, know, can't you get E. coli or something? I mean, if you're in the ass. I, so. I can't wait till he asks you to eat his ass. I don't want to. Oh hell no! I, I don't want to hurt his ego. That's it. Well, I girl, I don't want you to get some type of disease either, a bacteria infection. <laughs> <laughs> but true. this is this is for his own good. First of all, if you're doing laundry, sometimes you don't want to have to touch that and clean that, right? Right. And this is for his own benefit. This is to help him out in his life. You got to show him, look, baby, these are wet wipes. Now, me and you are having this conversation. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed because we could talk about anything. And trust me, if you're having sex with this man, unprotected, you should be able to tell him his ass stinks and he's not wiping himself. Goodness gracious. If you can That's do that and you can lay up with him and do all of that, then you should be able to communicate with him and tell him, babe, you need to clean your butt. It's going to be so funny when you tell him his butt stinks and he was like, man, I was thinking the same thing about your poom poom. <laughs> And guess what? And guess what she would do? Wipe her poom poom with a wet wipe. You ate crap. You, you ain't crap. crap. Who ate crap? You the one eating crap. Don't you, you dare say I ate crap. Thank you, mama. And and just tell. Listen, this is a time when it when you got to be direct and be like, look, you know, I don't know if you're just not wiping yourself right, but there's these stains in your underwear, and sometimes I can smell it. So I just want to say, you got to wipe yourself better. Here's some wet wipes every time you go to the bathroom, and you shouldn't even have sex with him till after he showers. But if he's not cleaning his right. butt in the shower either and then getting out. Why you out say butt like that? <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say on radio. Just say his butt. Just cleaning his butt. <laughs> I will say I've been with my wife 21 years and I do remember a time about 14, 15 <laughs> years ago uh -oh. where uh, she, she went down and she was like, hey, man, you need to go take a shower or something. Cause, <laughs> hey, man. You know. And you appreciated it. Yeah. I went there. I, 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 maybe I didn't wipe properly. I don't know what it was, but she told me. Yeah, it didn't hurt my nasty. feelings. I just went and took a shower. Is this a common issue between men? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't think it was a common issue. It's happened to me before, once or twice, three times, four times, five times. It happened to me before. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, so that's why okay. you got to point it out. One day, y'all will laugh about it, and hopefully that day that y'all are laughing, his butt will be clean. But Jesus you got to embarrass him. Pick up the underwear and be like, what's this? And then let him see the doodle -doo stains, and he'll get embarrassed, and he'll never do it again. 
I like that. You know what I mean? That's perfect. And check yes, your sheets, because I bet you you got doodle stains on your sheets. Yeah. I bet you. Uh, Envy knows. Trust me. Shut up. <laughs> Tap to me once or twice. Put those skid marks in his face. <laughs> See? You go too far. <laughs> Thank you, mama. How do you like it? Thank you. <laughs> that's actually some, that's, that's some young boy stuff, though. Because, you know, like, that's, that's one of the reasons after I do a number two, I do go take a shower. Except if you're at work. Yeah, if I'm at work, but then I'm not like I'm going home and like me and my wife gonna get right to it. I don't want to go home yeah, smelling like you the should day. never poo and then have sex right after. If Hell you, no. If you can take a shower. I know we don't want your muddy butt up here either. You better wipe better, bro. All right. Ask ye eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need relationship advice, hit ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Good morning, Giovanna. Uh-oh, what's the matter, Giovanna? Why you sound like you're whispering? I'm whispering because my college student is home. <laughs> okay, okay. And I don't want him to hear my question. Oh, boy, mommy freaky. All right, let's go. Yeah, DJ MV, happy anniversary. My husband and I be celebrating 24 years of summer, too. Wow. Our 20s. Congrats so, to that. Yeah, same to you, same to you. My question is, I don't know how you deal with all those kids, but what to do now that these kids are home when you're trying to get freaky with your husband? Mm. <laughs> do you, you have know, any... Do you have any... Why you sustain these long-term marriages is because <laughs> y'all do all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? But we trying to figure it out. <laughs> Why How many kids? Home? Just one. Just one. But Okay, you know, he's home from college. He's, he's, he's graduated last year, thank goodness. But, you know, with everything going on, his grad plans didn't work out. He was supposed to relocate to California. He's home with us. We have a condo and can't get down the way we usually get down, you know? Oh, so is there? Is he ever going outside? Is there some place like an outdoor not space right where now, he can go get some air? Right now. And we, you know, normally we we'll go to parks, but parks have been closed. We don't want to get arrested because he's essential. I own a catering mm-hmm. business, kind of, you know, in the in, in the public eye. I, I don't want to be, you know, known for anything scandalous. But of course, y'all be going now, to the know, parks, getting freaky. Yes, I like this. Now, yes, no, no, no. She said, yeah, we hold have. On, hold now. on. <laughs> yes, they do. Not now. Not now. Not during this. Not now, this. of course. Everything is shut down. We try to be safe. As I said, my husband is, is, is essential. I own a catering business. Shout out to the small business owners. I fed the front line. Still doing my What's the name of your catering today. business? Let's plug that, too, while we're on here. Oh, thank you. Impamama Signature Recipes. Mm. Where okay. I'm in Cliffside Park, but I work out of a, a commercial kitchen in Inglewood. So Inglewood Hospital, Holy Name, Teaneck, Feed the Frontline. We're still doing more. So, but now, Giovanna, let me ask you this: Doesn't your son have to go to sleep at some point? Um, now that he's home, not really. I mean, come on, you know these older kids—they're on Facetime all hours of the night. You know, um, and and we're not quiet. You know what? You know what? I think it's fine. You need to have sex quietly. Quietly. Yes, and that actually is really fun, but it doesn't normally happen, but it's actually very you know exciting when you know people me, might. My husband's louder than me, actually. Well, you're wow, going to mama, you're putting his, in that you're work. You're going to have to cover his mouth while you're doing it, but it's actually cover something really mouth. fun about trying to be quiet while you have sex, and that might just be something y'all going to have to do. Just be careful, quiet. It is exciting. 
Mama, can I be honest with you? Well, first of all, first of all, the kids go to sleep. The kids go to sleep, and then the older kids. Older one, exactly. But the oh, he knows what's going on. You don't think he having sex? She don't want him to hear that. Nobody want to hear their parents having sex. Thank you, Angela. The kids don't want to hear that. Put a lock on that door, and you and your hubby go in. He's not gonna walk in. He's not walking in. Don't worry about it. He'll put his headphones on, and he'll be in his video games. Devonta, let me let me tell you what else you can do. Let me tell you what else you can do. Because you said the headboard. I'm glad you said that. Put a sheet on the floor and have sex quietly on the floor. We have carpet on our under the floor under our bed, but uh, all right. Well, it, well, listen. Put a sheet on the floor. Help that. <laughs> put on some music. Put the TV on. Whatever you got to do. Mama, don't even worry about your son. You know, my daughter came into me. She came into my room the uh, the other morning. And was like, guys, <gasps> you know, I don't go to sleep at twelve o'clock, right? Exactly. You know, I hear everything that was going on. And I, and you know what I said? I said, well, you know how you got here, right? And then she just walked out. It is what it is. My daughter's 18. Your son is, he graduated college. He got to be in his 20s. He understands. But listen, I just want to, I just want to say, you just need to make a fun game out of it. Put that sheet on the floor to him. All right, we got to be quiet. Turn on some music kind of low and just have sex slowly and quietly. He's a grown ass boy, mama. He's in your house. He's old enough now. You and hubby get freaky. After the two. He doesn't want to see his mother's face. His father will come out smiling, but he doesn't want to see me come down and make his avocado toast after I didn't. Avocado toast. <laughs> well, I hope you would wash your hands at least. Washing my hands and everything, but okay, we'll try the sheet on the floor. Thank you. No, me. mama, get yes. your freaky ass Emmy, on. This is Ask Yee. She wanted advice. And my Thank advice you. is have some fun with it. It's a different time, it's a different era. She don't want her son to hear, put that sheet on the floor Quarantine and have fun sex. trying to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Quarantine sex, maintaining the long term marriages. You got to do what you got to do. Mama, I haven't and worked every out the time, every time, And every time he makes a, a little noise with his mouth and he starts getting too loud, just cover his mouth and be like, hey, you got to be quiet. Mama, nah. And let me ask you a question. When you find out what it's to do with the fun. bed, help me out with the bed because I haven't figured that out yet. My bed be squeaking. We haven't no. figured that out, man. We haven't figured. We no. use WD-40. We got the we put, purple mattress and everything, and it's still. It's still mine, too. The mattress. What the hell is the purple a, mattress? A, it, He's loud. It's a label. It's a type of mattress. You have a um air mattress? No, we don't have no, please. We would bust an air mattress. We tried that back okay, in the day. She tried to play you. Angelie just tried to play you, Mom. She's going to tell you she got an air mattress. You're a grown-ass woman. She's trying to play you like you some old young guy with an air mattress. Wow. I have a, I actually have an air mattress as a spare mattress in my house in case I have company, and I'm like, okay, here's an air mattress. So sometimes people come and spend the night. Oh, you can blow up. You can like use the air mattress. In the 80s. No, I don't know if that's going to work. We gonna and try it's to a, actually, it's a, it's a pillow top air mattress, and it's very air, nice. Yeah, and I my goddaughter. It's late automatically. Yeah, I have that for guests, but I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Mama, go in. Oh, so don't worry about him. We're going to go. And go. Okay, I'm going to take your advice. Go in. He knows. He understands. I know, you know. I know you know, DJ MV. Long-term marriage, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. right. Sometimes you got to stick. Now, kids or not. That's right. Or stick kids your face out the window. Let, let hubby hit it from the back. That way, if you yell, it's outside. You go in. You get Black. freaky. It's-
They're my neighbors. I've already had yeah. notices under my door from my neighbors. That's the last thing I need is for them to see my <laughs> hanging out the window now, too. Why are you so long and hanging out the window? not long, but, you know, they pick my face out the window. That's going to come next. Oh, my gosh. Well, have fun with it. Get on that floor and have some fun. Thank Good you. Luck, Mama. And sustain these long, long-term marriages. We out here doing it too. There you go. Black love. All Black right. love. And Black love. Don't do your don't do your catering straight from doing what you do with your husband. Just make sure you wash your hands, shower. We don't want any extra. That food DNA. had more love in it, boy. All right, thank you, Mama. All right, eight hundred five. That ain't that ain't love. <laughs> and that ain't that ain't cream either. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's that time again! Ask Charlemagne and DJ Envy anything. Pick it up, pick it up, pick, pick it, it up. up. It's time to ask CNE. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask CNE. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, we're going to help you out. We're going to get through as many as we can. Hello, who's this? What's up? What's up, DJ Envy, Charlamagne the Guy? It's a male man. This guy, how old are you, brother? I'm 46. Now, you're dating a 19-year-old girl? Lord have mercy. No, no, man. Don't play me like that. No, I'm 19 years older than us. Oh, you're 19 years old. How you do this better than the rumor report? This was a great rumor you just started (laughs) on this poor young man. (laughs) So you're you're 49 and you're dating a a young lady that's 19 years younger. No, 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 man. Listen, hear me out. I'm 46. Okay. She's 27. Oh, okay. That ain't too bad. Yes, that is. It's better than 19. Yeah, you know, it I, is better than 19. I met, through, I met her through work and stuff, you know what I'm saying, over time. And uh, I, I started digging her. We've been kicking it for about seven months or whatever. But sometimes I be having feeling kind of funny because of the age difference. I don't yeah. look my age, you know. Yeah, you can sound still, it. Because you cracking jokes. You be talking to her and you be like, you so smart. You a regular Doogie Hauser. She be like, who the hell is Doogie Hauser? Doogie Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me you're but if you feel no, her, who cares? You know, she, who cares what people think, bro? If if you feeling her, she feeling you. You just take your Viagra, your Levitro, the blue pill, and just do what you gotta do. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a one on my end. You lying? Bro. You gotta. I'm a, just feel like that sometimes. You gotta you know be yourself. You gotta, That's your own insecurities because you right. old as hell and she young and you trying to keep up. You know what I mean? That's your own insecurities. You gotta get out your own head if you're gonna be with that young girl now. I feel you on that. All right. Well, good luck. She's going to leave remember, you, though. Levitra, the blue pill, Viagra. You got You know she's going to leave no, you, though. Because you got to keep her. I need that, that Al Green and that Henny. You riding around with JLX. See that? Al Green. She <laughs> want to hear Chris Brown. You listening to Al Green. I love Al Green. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Y'all arguing about whether to listen to the new Act 2 or the Savage Mode 2. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the trees. I ain't talking about no Al Green thing. Oh, oh, I didn't know y'all called it out green. See, that's he my old life. Drink. I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know that's what y'all call weed nowadays. I didn't know it was called out <laughs> green. I had no idea. That's what I'm they sorry. called it back then. Okay. Yeah. Does she know who out green is? Yeah, she know who Al Green is. She should. Everybody no, ain't no should. <laughs> she should. She think Al Green is a strain of weed. And y'all call it that because the weed is green. She has my no God. idea my that that's an actual singer. Right. <laughs> but good, good luck, brother. I appreciate it, though, fellas. Like he said, don't let your insecurities bother you, man. If you like that girl, she like you, just enjoy. All right, for sure. Age is, is too hard to get over. I know that, you know, you can't help who you grow in love with. Mm-hmm. But when you damn near 50 and a woman's just 27 years old, what the hell are y'all talking about? Seriously. 
Like, what are y'all talking about? She can't name none of the members of Wu-Tang Clan. Nope. She don't remember no episodes of Cosby Show. Nope. Like, what are y'all talking about? She can't tell you about New Edition. Nothing. Nope. The only thing she know about New Edition is the movie she's on BT. Right. Yeah, she does. That's it. That. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? This is Crystal. Hey, Crystal. What's your question for CNE? All right. Okay. So I have a sister. We're 14 months apart, really close. So we went on a trip to the Philippines in December, but two weeks before the trip, I got fired from my job. Great job. And it was there for 10 years. So I never gave her the money for the trip when we came back. So I didn't see her. I was in my feelings about being depressed, you know, lost my job or whatever the case was. So fast forward, she tells me that, you know, I took advantage of her. And I'm like, take advantage of you. You're my sister. Like, we're adults. Nobody, neither one of us, well, she's not pressed for $1,200. And, you know, I was just kind of in my feelings. I have two kids. I have a mortgage. I lost my job. And we're in the middle of corona now. So now she's mad about the twelve hundred dollars, and she feels that I took advantage of her. I agree I with her. Twelve hundred dollars. No, that's I mean, her sister. Twelve hundred dollars. I, I agree with her. No, that's I her agree sister. With her. She got a whole lot. <laughs> Why you ain't give her her money back? Cause she lost her job. She got two kids. I, in the she shouldn't have went to the Philippines then. <laughs> but the trip was already paid for. Yeah. Clearly it wasn't. So wait. So <laughs> no, quit it. she paid for it. Did she tell you that she was paying for you, or did she pay for it with the uh, assumption that you was gonna pay her back? I was gonna pay her back. Things exactly. Happen. So That's I agree with her. That's my sister. Things nope. happen. She but got I a lost job. My job. That's right. Okay. Your sister gotta so take why that does L. She have sympathy for me. Because she see you out here still buying stuff. She see you out here still living. You still doing something that make her know that you got that twelve hundred dollars. When's the last time you back? went out, Mama? Well, I just came back from Jamaica. See what oh, I'm saying? You're taking advantage of her. I know you lost it. I know you so lost it. I know it. You should have given her money back Give before you went back. to Jamaica. You should be ashamed of yourself. Huh? I gave it to her. Wait. I gave it to her. Oh, you gave her the money back? I gave her her money back. But she feels that I took advantage of her. But not with just one situation overall over our lives. But I feel like she's just mean and insensitive. And based off of those feelings that I have, I don't really want to have a discussion with her anymore. Like, I don't, I love my sister dearly, but I don't want to be friends with her anymore. Well, if you, you took advantage of her. She should be mad at you. Well, if you, if you gave her the money back, then she's just being mad at you for being mad. But she probably just... But how long did it take to get her money back? That's right, right before you went to Jamaica? It is kind of slack that you didn't give her her money back. You was just out here balling. Don't you hate when somebody owe you money and they just out here Word. balling? Y'all are missing it. I have two kids. She has an Audi. But you went to Jamaica. <laughs> she said, I got two kids and she got an Audi S7. Listen. You wrong. You wrong. I'm honest with you. You wrong. But I gave it to her. No, That's good. Too so long. she, she Goodbye, need to, you she foul. need to get over it. But you wrong. You foul. Are you wrong? She's wrong. All right, we got more coming up next. We're the Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. I leave us on a positive note. Listen, the positive note is simply this, man. I uh actually posted this on my Instagram the other day, but this is something that I truly believe. A bad attitude can literally block love, blessings, and destiny from finding you. Don't be the reason you don't succeed.